Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Yeah, it is. It sure as heck is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. And we're hanging out with you until noon right here on Sacramento Sports Leader. Man, we got a lot to get into. Normally, we open with Kings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's typically just kind of the move. Uh, but we're going to switch it up today because it's NFL playoff time. Wildcard weekend was a wildcard weekend, quote unquote. And two games on Monday. A third of the games are on Monday. It's pretty lame. It's kind of whack. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the, of the like. It was Martin Luther King Day, his day off. Yeah. So it 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 played from a football standpoint. It was kind of Sunday ish, but it lessened the blow a little bit. But yeah. at the same, like, I it was kind of a bummer to see the game get canceled on. Was it Sunday morning? The Sunday morning game, or was it Saturday? Yeah, Sunday game? morning game. Yeah, I get pushed back because of snow. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you kind of expect that. So. <laughs> did you see the videos of the weather in Buffalo? Oh yeah, I mean, did you see people trying to walk to their seats? Yeah, like just wild. Well, that was well, that was that was yesterday. Yes. Did you see the videos from when they canceled it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like blizzard conditions. Wild. I understand why they didn't play football in it. I'm typically like, yeah, go play. Like, just I want all the bad weather. That was dangerous. So I, I'm glad they moved it back. You don't want thousands of people descending on one place when the weather looks like that. I think for my Good call by the NFL, my junior prom, we got out of prom and it was snowing like crazy. And I had to drive a girl to back home to like, she lived at like 4,500 feet of elevation. Mm. And I was of course like 16 or 17 driving my dad's truck in the snow and a complete whiteout where you couldn't see like five feet in front of you. Hell yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. So I, sounds... I've been in that weather, but not like where it's like that where it's so snow where the snow is accumulating. It's like a hurricane with snow. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I but I've been <laughs> where crazy. you can't say you know, the only way you can see if someone's in front of you sure. is if they have taillights on. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. Wild. I'm glad I don't live in a place where it snows like that. So the 49ers divisional round opponent is set. They will host the Packers at 5.15 p.m. on Saturday. Let's start there. The Green Bay Packers were super impressive. Yeah. They put together a much better performance than I thought they would. I knew they were playing really well. But, man, this is Jordan Love, first-year starter at quarterback, playing in his first playoff game. It's on the road. 
Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, has been really, really good all season. And the Packers just dismantled those dudes. Mike McCarthy stinks. Yeah, he's he's got to go, Kyle. Immediately. Post-haste. I also, you know, Dak Prescott put, you know, like if my, Mike McCarthy's job is on the line, so should mine be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I don't want to put it on Dak just yet. He's had Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy as his two head coaches. I would like to see him with a real, actual NFL head coach before okay, before I decide to punt Dak in, in, into the the same portion of the sun that Mike McCarthy is going to land. Okay, I, I mean I get that, but the guy's two and five in his career in the postseason, no doubt, and I, he wasn't good. He wasn't very good. He wasn't good. So I, I don't That's know not what to it say. mattered. No, no. I mean, this is uh, this is a train wreck in Dallas, and they keep having the same issue. So, at what point do you say, "Hey, look, it doesn't matter who is offensive court. There's mm-hmm. only like like a dozen guys who get to maybe maybe eight guys that get to play with great offensive coordinators. The rest have to play with whoever. Right. And so, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence here with with Dak joining Mike McCarthy on his way out the door. Dak Prescott, I'm trying to get to his postseason game logs because I know his last couple haven't been great. So he was 41 of 60 for 403 yards, three touchdowns and two picks against Green Bay, but Mm -hmm. a lot of that was stat padding in the second half. Green Bay, check this out. Green Bay had 37 first downs, which has only happened eight other times in NFL history, regular season or postseason. Wow. The Cowboys are the first team to lose when having 37 or more first downs. They had 11 at halftime and then got 26 in the second half because it was just all trying to come back. So a a lot of those stats don't matter to me. Yeah. Now, last year against San Francisco, he fell apart. 23-37 for 206 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. But in Tampa Bay the week before, he was 25 of 33, 305 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. I mean... You go and you look at, at their 2017 loss to Green Bay. That was the one where Aaron Rodgers hit, uh, what was their tight end's name? Um, mm. I forget his name. But they hit. he hit like his tight end at the end of the game on a sick throw down the sideline. Dak was really good in that game. 24 of 38, 302 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. But other than that, he's been, he's been pretty meh. So I, I'm, I'm not ready to, like I said, punt him just yet. But, man, if, if you get another, if he lays another egg, where it's three playoff games in a row where he's just not nearly the quarterback he was in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Now it's might do you be think, time. Do you think they, they pull the cor- the ripcord here on McCarthy? You think they do? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, although Jason Garrett was there for a decade. So who knows? <laughs> who knows with Jerry Jones? If it's if it's me, I, I the fact that McCarthy got a third season, so he was won 12 games in each of the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. So this was his fourth year, but he's won twelve games in each of the last three years, which is which is impressive, no doubt. But the solution this offseason was to fire Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, and like Mike McCarthy take on the play calling. And in the biggest game of the year, which is what actually matters, that's the postseason. McCarthy and his offense fell behind twenty-seven to nothing. And his quarterback threw a pick six. Okay. And McCarthy nearly had, <laughs> before they scored that touchdown at the end of the half, they called a play with no timeouts with like 12 seconds left that was short of the goal line. 
And had it not been for a defensive penalty, they go into the half with no points. Mm. It's poor game management. It's just poor readiness. Like they just don't look ready to play. And I know that that's, that's easy for me to say as somebody sitting there eating popcorn on my couch. But I mean, Green Bay looked like a team. It, it looked like varsity versus JV. Yeah. And that, that to me, you look up and down the roster. That's not a Cowboys roster problem for me. That's a coaching problem. Like I think, I think you give the Cowboys to Pete Carroll mm-hmm. or I mean, even Mike Vrabel. I think you get a much better version of the Cowboys. Okay. So, yeah, I would like to see what happens here. I mean, it's intriguing, but again, he doesn't like to pull the trigger here uh, on his coaches. And I know he needs to. I agree. To his own detriment. I mean, (laughs) he's running out of these. Not like he gets to go do this. He doesn't get to live forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, does he ride it out or does he start hitting the panic button and trying to find. Trying to find that Super Bowl winning formula. Um, did you see the stat that the Texans, since their con- their their first season in two thousand two, have more playoff wins than the Cowboys? Oh yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> yeah, that's tough. Yikes! Um, all three teams that I thought were the real threats to the Niners in the NFC gone are gone. Gone. So we sat here a lot and <laughs> talked about hey the Rams. Rams are playing well. I didn't like, I, I mean, I was never sold on the Rams, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I do think the offensively with Kyron Williams are good. Um, you know, Puka has been amazing all season long. Mm-hmm. He was spectacular. Really good. Holy cow, he was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a heck of a football game. That was re- the only good one of the weekend. Yeah, that was a heck of a game. <laughs> so so many so many of those games turned into background noise. <laughs> yeah. I was doing stuff around the house. Yeah, I mean, I, I may or may not have gone to Sonoma for the weekend and watched... You know, I watched, but no, like on my phone somewhere. Yeah, well, and that's what that's that was the beauty. That's the beauty of how some of those games went. I was like, all right, all right, well, this one's over. Yeah, I don't know how this one's gonna go. (laughs) Yeah, the Packers were the only upset of the weekend. Hmm. Yeah, seven over two, first seven seed to ever win. Yeah, the Cowboys were another team. It's like if you're the Niners, I don't know if you want to like you've beaten the Cowboys, but do you want to see them again for for the third time in three years in the playoffs and if you did it would be the nfc title game like that's that's a tough matchup the eagles what are they going to look like in the playoffs Yeesh. man i think the niners fully broke the eagles it, it feels like it yeah i mean what a, what a collapse and you know they're sitting there like making excuses going to pregame oh he's got a dislocated finger from like a week ago it's like Okay, like, look, either he plays or he doesn't. And right. then he threw that that dart down the field that was just gorgeous. Like, yeah. okay, man, like, his finger's fine. Yeah, Hertz was, I thought Hertz was pretty good yesterday. Yeah, it just, they just, just really, yeah, you're, they're missing A.J. Brown, and it's very clear there's something wrong with that team. Yeah, something broke, and yeah. that's where you're like, oh, are they going to make a change as well? Like, this yeah. is an interesting couple of weeks here there's a lot of head coach vacancies already mm-hmm. and there could be a bunch more which is wild jim harbaugh's already interviewing for jobs oh yeah bill belichick D- that was weird the the falcons last night tweeting we have interviewed bill we have completed our interview with bill belichick I, wild dude <laughs> like not that not that he interviewed with with the falcons i think it was ramsey called in last week and was like hey is that, how you, this yeah. does this fit it's like yeah no it kind of makes sense to me but I only know Bill Belichick is the head coach of the Patriots. Mm. And he's had so much success during, because his first year there, I think I was nine years old. This is my first like real like conscious watching of, of football. Yeah. And it's just been Bill Belichick and the Patriots have been awesome. And now Bill Belichick like interviewing for other jobs. 
like he's just some generic ass head coach. That's so weird to me. It's almost like he should be able to just walk in the door and say, hey, I've decided I'm going to be your head coach. And so you just fire the guy. (laughs) No, exactly. Hey, we're sorry, Kyle Shanahan. You're going to have to leave Bill Belichick showed up and he said he wants your job. And so we gave it to him and like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, Take care, man. Take care. We're yeah, like, no, I, I just on the flip side. Somebody somebody <laughs> made the joke on the Falcons tweet that like not nah, they were like, no, sweetie, Bill Belichick interviewed you. Yeah. And I, I really I think that's probably how that how that's probably gonna go whenever he interviews. It's just so bizarre seeing Bill Belichick, who is without question the greatest NFL head coach of all time. Yeah. He is the in the on the Mount Rushmore and in the Washington spot comfortably. Yes. And he's just Interviewing for jobs like he's just re- Bobby Slowick, the Texans offensive coordinator, also interviews for jobs like they're not on the same plane. I would love it it's if like weird they only they only interviewed great coaches. So like the the Falcons, they it's like Pete Carroll's coming in next. Yeah, and they just keep bringing in like legends of the game to like <laughs> interview for the coaching job, and then it goes to like the guy you just Bobby Slowick. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Slowick. We're like. <laughs> Wait, wait, we settled on slow? What's what's happening here? Oh, God. That's when people are like, oh, is the owner cheap? Like, what happened here? Or did they just not want to coach the Falcons? Yeah, it's very possible that they don't. They looked at their quarterback stable and went, "Uh." That's what's weird about about Atlanta is they're so loaded offensively. Yeah. But they got questions on defense. They got questions at quarterback. They might be be a couple years away from winning. So. Mm. We'll see how that plays out. Any NFL coaching news, we will have it for you. We'll also have any NBA trade rumors, NBA trade deadline, uh, scuttlebutt murmurs, I believe is our word, Yeah. last week. We'll have all that for you right here on ESPN 1320, both myself and James here on the Insiders, and then d and KC, of course, will stay on top of that as well. Let's dive into the Sacramento Kings weekend. A couple of losses for them. Which one was worse, the blowout in Philly or the overtime loss to Milwaukee? We will break all of that down next on The Insiders. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. This is one of my one of those questions that you know it's like like MJ versus LeBron, okay. right? Like it's just one of those never ending things. There's never that that debate is going to rage as long as there's basketball, right? Or until another player comes along who is in the discussion and then. One of those personal questions for me is whether I would have my favorite team lose in a blowout or lose on like a buzzer beater or Got a last it. second field goal or a bottom of the ninth home run or walk off home run. Like I always let that clang around in my head because I never it my answer changes depending on the day. And so the Kings embodied that perfectly this weekend. Mm-hmm. On Friday, they played the 76ers and they just they got smoked. There was never never really close. Never never a spot in that game where you're going, "Oh man, they they might do this." No. The the Sixers were just better. But so, then you get a couple nights later, you get a game in Milwaukee where 
all right, hey, tie it, tie it in the final seconds. De'Aaron finishes over over Giannis. Incredible bucket. You're going to OT. You go up six in OT. Oh, you trick it. Dame hits the buzzer beater. It's like God's brutal. And so for the for for me, I look at that and I go, man, I would so much rather lose the way they lost in Philly, where they just you could chalk it up to nah, not their night. Versus you look at the game against Milwaukee and you go, man, if you play 20% better defense on Dame at the end, or if you have the, if you make a free throw, yeah, like it's the, all these like little things that could easily go your way that don't, and it ends in a loss. That's tough. Okay, so Kyle, as a if I were a player, I think the Philly game you just like you wash right out, you know, you forget about, you you just move on. Mm-hmm. And then the Bucks game is a game where you really, really take it to heart because, mm-hmm. again, De'Aaron Fox and uh, missed one free throw right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at 18 seconds, Malik Monk missed a pair. And, like, totally uncharacteristic. Malik Monk took to Twitter and apologized. Yeah. He apologized to Sacramento fans. This particular team, I, I normally would say, yeah, one blowout game here and there, that's fine. Mm. But this particular team, I'm done with the blowout losses. Like even to Philly, like stand up. No, like okay, yeah, they blow, they get blown out to Philly without Joel Embiid, and then they take the Bucks to the wire. In over, they lose in overtime. The Bucks are a great team. Philly's a great team. The Bucks are ahead of the uh, the Sixers in the standings. So if you can do it one night, you can do it another night. And for me, this team way too often just mentally is not prepared to play and and get stomped. So at this point, I would much prefer that they start showing that they're learning how to win again. Mm. Because the fact that you can beat the Pistons or Charlotte, but you know, again, they they've also beat the Nuggets, they've beat the Timberwolves, they've beat the Lakers, they've beat, you know, all of these, uh, the Thunder, they beat them twice. You know, they've already beat the Suns twice. Mm. The fact that you can beat those teams, the Western Conference teams, that's one thing. But I would have liked to have seen a win against a really, really good Eastern Conference opponent. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, I think they walked out of that game saying, okay, maybe we are good enough. Yeah. Maybe we, we can hang. Maybe we are one Kevin Herter hot shooting night away from being legitimately back to who we were yep and so i'm okay with the loss and i hope it stings because you know what this team is a horrible free throw shooting team kyle they're very bad De'Aaron fox demonis sabonis they're the worst get in the gym and hit your free throws if you got to talk to somebody talk to somebody but the fact that you can't hit free throws is a huge problem those guys right there both are uh, underperforming so badly they're the two best free. Uh, they're the they go to the line more than anyone else on the team, and they can't hit their free throws. I mean, Fox is shooting what seventy three percent. Sabonis is shooting in the sixties. That's not good enough. If you want to be a great team, then do the basics. That's a basic yep. of NBA basketball. So yeah, you're gonna lose games where you don't hit your free throws, and when you're thirtieth in the league in free throws, three free throw percentage. Hey, look. You're going to lose close games. Yep. That's part of growing up and being a good team is being able to take business, take care of business in those situations. So the second Dame let that ball, it came off his hand. I think everybody watching went, oh, well, they lost that one. Yeah. You didn't even defend him. You didn't even step up. Yeah. I mean, I, like Sabonis 
stood back maybe three feet above the the three point line as a secondary defender. Yeah, and that's Damian Lillard. You got to yeah, pick him not, up at half court. This is not new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't ranges. know. That was wild to me. Yeah. That not only did he get a clean look, but you know, like, look, you deserve to lose that game. You yeah. you gave that game away. Should have been up six yep. with eighteen seconds left. Ball game. And that's especially brutal because you look at the West right now. The Clippers are a game and uh, sorry, two games up on the Kings. Yeah. And then the Kings right now are effectively tied with Dallas and Portland. Uh, excuse me, New Orleans, not Portland. Dallas and New Orleans. And New Orleans is a seven seed. So every single game that is there for the taking, especially against a good Eastern Conference team, like you have to go get that one. Yeah. And that, that really stinks. I think a silver lining from that game is that you mentioned Kevin Herter. Yeah, oh, yeah. It It is just, it's so clear that not everything that's gone wrong with the Kings this year is because of Kevin Herter. I'm not putting that all on one player. But it is so clear when you go, man, what's wrong with the Kings offense? It's like, man, you got a guy who's a career 40-plus percent three-point shooter shooting at like sub-35%. Yeah. And when he is connecting, it changes the gravity of their offense. Now all of a sudden the Bucks are scrambling as he runs off his screen. Now other things are open and he's knocking down threes. It's just a, that is a, if he goes, if he has a normal two for nine kind of night, they lose that game oh, going yeah. away. Oh yeah. So I, I think so much hinges on what they're getting out of that shooting guard position. And I think it just kind of underscores everything we've talked about going into the trade deadline. It's like if you know for a fact you're getting that version of Kevin Herter night in and night out, where he's <laughs> and he scored 26 points and had 10 boards. We're not asking for 26 and 10 from Kevin Herter every yeah, night, yeah. but just how effective he was. Well, it's just how engaged he was. Yes. Like the 10 rebounds, huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean the fact that Harrison Barnes, I think, had one rebound again. Like it stands out. Like yep. there has to be a way to get these things for for a player like him to get something done. Like mm-hmm. realistically, I had him as one of my six quick thoughts i had harrison and it the only reason he was in there is because i didn't want to go back and erase him and put in trey lyles it was too late in the game Mm -hmm. trey lyles deserved to like well to be in the six quick thoughts way before uh harrison barnes you know he had he ended up with five or six rebounds you know nine points but he was a guy in in crunch time Mm -hmm. that's who you're starting to rely on so as they should yeah yeah yeah. nothing i feel like nothing bad ever happens when trey lyles is on the court I, I know agree. that's I know that's probably not the case, but anecdotally, in my head, yeah, it, <laughs> when well, Trey Lyles is on the court, just good stuff happens, man. I, I also think that right now you're seeing the same thing out of Trey Lyles. Every, I mean, out of uh, Alex Lynn. Every time Alex yeah. Lynn is in the game, like you feel really good about what's happening. I don't know why, because <laughs> I mean, like, not to like, Alex Lynn is who he is. The fact is, he's always in the right position. You're like, boy. Alex Lynn is literally in the right position at all times. I think it's because the Kings are so wobbly this year, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, they're better than they were at this point last year, record-wise, but it's a lot less consistent. It's a lot less stable, right? When Trey Lyles comes in, it feels stable. When Alex Len is in the game, it feels more stable. Yeah. And again, maybe that's just maybe that's just me and how, I, how I'm confirming my own biases or whatever. Mm-hmm. but that's really how it feels when those two guys in particular are on the court. Harrison Barnes, not so much. I think it really stood out when I, every every week I do my week in review on the Kings beat, yeah. right? And so when I'm doing my week in review, I go through and I recap every game just to make sure that everyone remembers what happened. Mm-hmm. Every single game 
this week and probably the week before, there were four players. Every single game except for when Herter stepped up in Milwaukee. But all I talk about is Sabonis, Fox, Murray, and Monk. That's mm-hmm. it. They're yep. the, they're like the four horsemen of the apocalypse riding through <laughs> wherever the Kings go. Sure. They're the guys. Yeah. These other players have to make some sort of impact in a game. Yep. And it doesn't have to be scoring a bunch of points, but it has to be some sort of impact. And I think Trey Lyles, Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn has like a, a 129 offensive rating and a 110 defensive rating. He's like a plus a plus nineteen on this, uh, like, golly, yeah, pl- uh, like net rating mm-hmm. at this point. He's been incredible all season long. Anytime he plays, I mean, he did have the long stretch where he's out with the yeah, ankle yeah. injury, but even before that, he had started to play and doing the same exact thing where he's making an impact. So. Yeah, Mike Brown's got a lot of tinkering to do, and I'm okay with the tinkering. I know some fans are like, oh, his rotations are horrible. No, they're not. Yeah, he's his figuring ro- it out. His rotations are great. He's just trying to find guys that want to play that night. Mm-hmm. And most nights he's finding like a huge void. Yeah, how many times is, in the last like two weeks has he had a, a shooting guard score above 20, and it's the one time out of Kevin Herter? How many times do they even score in double figures? How Almost many times, never. How many times do they like. combine for double figures? That's yeah. where Mike's at, and it's tough. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, speaking of Kevin Herter, he's going to be our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. Now, we got a fun little wrinkle to this. Oh? When you enter to win at ESPN1320.com, and you're going to enter the code word HEADBAND. Oh. Yeah, HEADBAND. All headband. one word. H-E-A-D-B-A-N-D. That's going to be your code word. That qualifies you to not only win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate, you'll also have a chance to win a Kings jersey, courtesy of Jiffy Lube. That's right. Jiffy Lube bought some Kings jerseys, and they said, hey, we're giving these away. Excellent. So you're not only entering to win that $100 gift certificate, you're also entering to win a Kings jersey. So do that now at ESPN1320.com. You'll see the Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. Brand new logo, fresh look. It looks great. Uh, you click on that. Shout out to Megan in promotions. Uh, you click on that. You enter the code word headband, all one word, H-E-A-D-B-A-N-D. Enter to win that $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate and a Sacramento Kings jersey, courtesy of our friends at Jiffy Lube. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love Jiffy Lube. We got, uh, we're giving away, uh, what do we know? Like one, one a month? One a month. One a month for the yep. next uh Winner, winner will be drawn at the at the end of the month, save for the April one, which will be drawn at the end of the season. Oh. End of the regular season. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So go do that right now at ESPN1320.com. Code word is headband because Kevin Herter is our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for Friday. We will tell you who Sunday's is a little bit later on in the show. All right. More Kings, more football, plenty coming up on the Insiders on ESPN1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Quick correction. That Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game was for fr- uh, for Sunday. Sunday. Kevin, Kevin Herter was our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for Sunday. We will tell you Friday's winner a little bit later on. Yeah. Code, code word still works, though. Yep. Headband. There we go. Is your code word. $100 gift certificate and a chance to win a King's jersey. King's jersey. That's big time. Shout need, out to our friends at Jiffy Lube. I need to go check out. Have, do we have the Kings jerseys in in here yet, or are they not here? I yet? don't believe they are in the building just yet. Okay, but I have not confirmed that. Okay, yeah, neither have I. So we'll have to go. We'll have to go see what's going on. Hey, what do you think about Mike Brown's presser the other night, where he called out the officials after getting ejected, <sighs> but he didn't really call out the officials, and this is why I thought it was great in the post game presser. Because I went through to watch it because I was going to like do a tweet where I said a quote mm-hmm. and said, this is going to cost Mike Brown X amount of dollars. Yep. But I went back through and watched it. And all he did was explain why he got ejected. Like he was showing specifically the calls he disagreed with. And then he sh- explained that he was getting the wrong messaging on whether you had to have two hands up or whether the forearm could be down for verticality. And he explained all that. He's going to probably get fined. But I was trying to find like a specific quote of like, oh yeah, that's the money quote. That's going to get him. That's going to make the league mad. Well, and I never found it. First of all, (laughs) I find it interesting that as of right now, he has not been fined because usually by this point, you would have already seen it, right? We would have already seen a fine come through for him. Mm -hmm. It's been over 24 hours. But the reason why I think that Mike will get fined, there's a potential not only for a fine, but Kyle, in all honesty, I think there's potential for a, uh, a, a suspension, a like a one-game suspension, is because in his haste to berate the official, he ran out on the court, and while play was in the mm-hmm. middle of a play and and ran into Pat Honigan which is not okay. Right. Because Mike Brown became a like a like an obstacle that again Conigan wasn't looking for. He was racing down court looking back. 
Yeah, you and, can't have your coach setting screens. Yeah, you can't have your your coach inadvertently injure a player either. Yeah, and I'm not saying that happened, but at, at some point, like you know, Mike lost his cool, mm-hmm. but stepping on the court and doing what he did, like he ended up making a dangerous play. Now, I agree 100% with his post game uh, like issues. Yeah, I went back and looked. The two minute report had no errors in the overtime, no errors in regulation. So the officials in the two minute report look like they're clean, but the play that Mike was super upset about, it started with the overturn of uh, a Malik Monk drive to the basket mm-hmm. where it was clear that Brooke Lopez ex- uh, put, had an arm out. And, and they said not vertical. They said he didn't extend it. It doesn't matter. He still had an arm in the chest and one up, and then he got pushed over because his arm was out and it he fell forward. Right. right? Well, to review that... And to change the ruling when the rule is very clear that it's got to be both hands vertical and that Demonis Sabonis gets called for it all the time. Right. It's super clear. It's what the Kings teach. The two hands, the verticality at the rim. Right. We hear t- uh, Mike Brown talk about it all the time. Malik mm-hmm. Monk, verticality at the rim. Uh, Trey Lyles, verticality at the rim. It's two hands up, going straight up, and defending the rim, right? This with the forearm out is a foul. 100% of the time. Yes. And I, so for them to overturn a call, which again, just so you know, that call goes to Sakakis. Right. Like that's reviewed at, at, at corporate. Right. For them to come back and change a call like that is egregious. It's absolutely really horrible. And then his other point, anytime you're, you lay a finger on Damian Lillard, that's, it's not a foul. It's not a foul unless you're pushing and is less you you basically draw him off his line. Mm-hmm. You push him off his line. De'Aaron Fox got called. They gave Damian Lillard three free throws while he had a, a barely had a hand on a hip that made no in its incidental contact. Right. Then you go down to the other end, and he absolutely gets like crushed from Cameron Payne. Cameron mm-hmm. Payne hooks him, drags him. Ball goes up in the air. They call it. They don't call anything. It's a turnover. It's a live ball turnover. The problem the NBA has is that an NBA coach can't throw a red flag. Right. Like we have flags here. They don't have flags there because mm-hmm. the only way that you can question an official is if he makes a call on a play. You cannot question calls that he should have made a call on. <laughs> right. Which is the stupidest thing of all it's time. Crazy. Like what are we doing here? Yeah. So to me, I get Mike Brown's frustration he could have handled himself better on the court. I'm totally fine with him losing his mind and getting thrown out of a game. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't make it a, a safety issue on the court. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I'm totally fine. And then for him to pull out the laptop. That was great. Man, it was smooth. Really good. It was really, really, really good. And for him to sit there and show the plays yeah. and explain why the plays should have been called with. Like, there's always <sighs> coaching. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I totally, I totally love it. And then for Steve Kerr. To come out really funny and ask for the yeah ask well, for the laptop on on that th- so the Warriors lost to some version of the Grizzlies that featured like nine players I've never heard of uh, the last one sixteen one oh seven yesterday in Memphis Memphis shot uh, let me see real quick they shot fifty three pointers and forty free throws oh that's weird Isn't how that many bananas? times did they against <laughs> bad players like. Yeah. I mean, like, not to call all these guys out, but, like... The Warriors shot 10 free throws. <laughs> it, it feels like every game, though, 
every single every single day we get an alert as to which Memphis Grizzly is out like two to six weeks. Can I? Can I? Oh, I should. Dang, we should have played a game where I had two Memphis Grizzlies and a lie. Oh yeah. Uh, here are some of the players who played big minutes for the Grizzlies last night. Uh, Vince Williams Jr. Mm. He went three for six from three, six of 11 from the field. Jaron Jackson, obviously. Three yep. of 14 from three from Triple J, by the way. Fraud. Uh, <laughs> Luke Kennard started. Xavier Tillman started. Okay. Zaire Williams, I like Zaire Williams. Started. Gregory Jackson, the second. Greg. Obviously. Greg Jackson, the second. Five of eight from three. 23 points. Making Greg Jackson the first very proud. Definitely is. Excuse me. David Roddy yep. saw 21 minutes. That's rough. Something yeah. named Jacob Gilliard went three of four from beyond the arc, four of seven from you, the floor. You sent that to me, and what did I respond with? Ooh. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that was the bit. Okay, I wasn't... You missed that. <laughs> I wasn't... I wasn't... Well, it was like a Jake Gyllenhaal crying, and I thought it was like a... I thought I couldn't tell if he was crying or laughing. It's from Brokeback. So got it. Okay. And then a Santi Aldama obviously played. Okay. 17 minutes. That was... Aldama usually plays for them. Yeah. Xavier Tillman is like part of the back end of the rotation, but he's If been Xavier Tillman rest- is playing 30 minutes for your team, you have a problem. And they they won that game. <laughs> you know what that you know what it is? It's like when Eric Pascal played twenty five to thirty minutes for the Warriors and was mm-hmm. out of the league two years later. Yeah, like it's not that those guys can't play; they're actually they're hoopers. Yeah, but if that's who you're running out there, you're not going to be a very good team, right? Unfortunately, the, the long term viability of that is not strong. No, no, yeah. no, it's not. Though if those guys are like your your third big your fourth big, fifth big off the, you know, that type of guy, you're fine. Yeah. But when they're thrust into starting roles or, or playing 20 plus minutes, you're usually in trouble. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Not the way to go. But yeah, so Steve Kerr after the game, after the Grizzlies shot 40 free throws to to the Warriors 10, he goes, he says to Raymond uh, Ritter, the PR guy, yep. he goes, hey, Raymond, can you give me that laptop real quick? Yeah. The the legendary great. Raymond Ritter, the best media an icon. director in yeah. in uh, all of the NBA. He's very good. He wins the uh, the Brian McIntyre Award almost every year, which goes to the best PR team. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's spectacular, man. Like, when I'm on my way down to a, cover a Kings-Warriors game, calls me every single time, checks in, gives me their entire injury report. It's a phone call, not a text. Yeah. It shoots the breeze for a few minutes. We We catch up. Hey, have a good game. See you later on tonight. Yep. Like the best of the best. Great guy. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to uh shout out to Raymond Ritter. So yeah, I, I loved that that Mike Brown did that. Um I'm a little bit upset that we didn't get a uh This is completely BS kind of rant, but <laughs> I respect it. I respect that he like I said, this is Mike Brown. He this dude wants to coach all the time. And so he went, here we go. Here's exactly what I'm looking at. Yep. And that's helpful. Because you hear a lot of even our even um, the the Raptors coach. It's a complete crap. Didn't have like specific examples. He just said we shot this many free throws. They shot this many. Scotty Barnes goes to the rim. No calls. Mike Brown went. Nope. Here is very specifically what I'm upset at. Yeah, let me show you because it's an interpretation of the rule. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, mm-hmm. there is no interpretation of that rule. Yeah, this isn't pass interference where it's like, oh, were they hand fighting? Was that a grab? Was he playing the ball? Was it, it's not any of that. Yeah. It's a, 
Two hands straight up. That's verticality. Yes. One hand over and another hand down is not. No. That's a foul every time. Every time. And they overturn. <laughs> they overturn it. I mean, that's the biggest they thing. They said it wasn't like if, a foul. If they would have missed a call. If they would have missed a call and right. we, like, or if they would have called uh, Monk for an offensive call, right, an offensive foul right there, mm-hmm. and then you would have gone back and reviewed it, you would have expected that to get overturned every single step of the way. Right. But for them to not be able to do that and for, for it to play out like that, absolutely ridiculous. And and you know what? It's it's big. Like, those are big moments in a game. Mm-hmm. And then again, how does De'Aaron Fox, who had a much better game, he, he's coming around, yeah, slowly coming around. Normal. He had a much better game, 31 points, five assists, something like that. Um, for him to not get a call where Cameron Payne is literally fighting through a screen and hooking him, and 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 a turnover, a straight up turnover off of a foul like that, just to me, really, really bad. It's, it's <laughs> I hate saying outrageous, but that's what it was. Yeah, and he's straight up holding his arm as he runs around the screen. That's an easy call. There Super was easy call. there was also a play where Malik Monk claimed that the ball wasn't off him, out of bounds, late in the game, mm-hmm. and uh, and Mike Brown wanted to review it. But the officials gave the ball to the Bucks really quickly and let them uh, inbound the ball within like a second. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I know that got under Mike Mike Brown's skin as well. Yeah, that's yeah. there was mm. plenty of weirdness. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if not great. I don't know if weird if we just have more access now via television replays and high def and the way they can slow things down and zoom in with super high clarity so you can see if the ball went off somebody's fingertip or whatever. Like, there's so many different little things that we can see now, or if officiating's getting worse. I can't, I can't. Okay, so in I the NBA decide. specifically, I'm going to say that the the officiating has gotten considerably worse, that the NBA during the pandemic lost a solid group of, of officials and coming out of like guys have retired and, and you know, it's mm-hmm. not an easy job. They've lost a lot of officials. So a lot of time you're going out there with a young crew. Um, and then some of the guys who have developed, you know, like who've come into the league, they come in thinking that they're Joey Crawford, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, look, man, Joey Crawford spent years cultivating a, a personality. You know, he watched Right, the, the naked gun at least forty-seven times to figure out how <laughs> Leslie Nielsen calls, you know, strikes somebody out. Yeah, uh, before he had crafted who he was going to be as an official, his dances, all that stuff. Right, he's one of one. Like nobody else does that. Mm-hmm. And for them, guys come into the league with these big like egos, and next thing you know, they're throwing people out all over the place. Like it's not good. Like you, like there are people who have written now. I, I think Todd Haverstrow has written on the officials. There, there's one guy who threw out Jokic and threw out a couple of, he hasn't been given, he's been given one playoff assi- uh, assignment in 17 years. And he's still an official. So the league doesn't have faith in him to call a playoff game, but regular season. Okay. And then he does something That's like so wild throw out a two time MVP. Who's never been thrown out before. Or, or, you know, maybe he has, but it's been, like, very, very sparingly. And wasn't it on, like, Serbian night? Oh, it was. In Chicago? S- Serbian heritage night. Yeah. <laughs> and he threw him out for talking? Oh, yeah. It, ju- I, it, feels like there's a, it feels like there's a new level of friction, specifically in the NBA, between players and officials. 
I also think that part of it is... It's very adversarial. It is, but I think a lot of it is that a lot of the stars are aging. And the new stars, they want that. They want what the old stars got. Mm. But like De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento is still not getting star calls. He's never going to get star calls. That mm-hmm. uh, Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland is not going to get star calls. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of your star level players now are playing in smaller markets and that's a problem because mm. I, I just don't think that the league is ready for that. They don't know how to, how to like, I don't know, maybe just officiate the game. Maybe just call it straight <laughs> up, Kyle. Right. Maybe that's it. Yeah. You know what else I hate just while we're here, while we're complaining about officials, yeah. you know what else I hate is the not going to blow the whistle until I see whether the shot goes in or not. <sighs> there was a, the first time I became like really acutely aware of this was the was the like I knew it happened because it's very obvious you can see when like a guy goes in there's contact and his shot bounces off the rim a couple times and then it falls off whistle it's like okay okay it looks like a ref explicitly said after a Warriors Pelicans playoff game the one where Curry hit the three in the corner back in 2015 mm-hmm. in New Orleans and he just got hammered when he shot it the ref said after the game if he had missed we would have blown the whistle Oh. And like, what? You openly admit that? That's just a thing? Like either blow the whistle or don't. I feel like I feel like because there's so much access now that refs know that they're being scrutinized so heavily and so it puts this like added weight or pressure on when to call, when to make a call, when to not make a call. And I think it just ties them in knots. Like it's a hard game to officiate. And honestly, when in doubt, swallow the whistle, man. Like I guess, less fouls is better than more fouls. I, I get I get that, but again, we had this situation in in the Bucks game where De'Aaron Fox went up for a three pointer and was clearly hit on the arm. The yes. ball comes up five foot five Crazy. feet short, and the guy was nowhere near a, a, a blocking the shot. Yeah, and to to miss that, but to call the hand on the hip every single time on Damian Lillard, it's like, come on, man. Like, just call the game fair. Just call right. it. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what Mike is asking for. Yes. Just, just number one, abide by your own rules. Don't Easy. make up rules for yourself. Like, if Giannis Antetokounmpo bull rushes Demonis Sabonis, and Sabonis is holding his ground, and Giannis comes up and pops him in the face with an elbow, mm-hmm. first of all, don't call a defensive foul, which they did. Mike has to challenge it. That number one, it wastes his challenge. Mm-hmm. So if he's wrong, which unfortunately for Mike Brown, he might be one of the worst co- uh, challenging coaches that I've ever. He seen. He feels like he challenges from emotion a lot. Yeah, way <laughs> too often do they get a challenge wrong. Yeah. So they he challenges it. They win the challenge, but it's called a common foul. Like you elbow a player in the face, it's a flagrant foul. Mm-hmm. Like call it straight up. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And and I know it wasn't in it, like it wasn't a a clear he's trying to injure a player. But if you have to go back and see video evidence, which they did, and mm-hmm. you see that he clocks your dude in the face with an elbow, it's a flagrant foul. It, it should is. be. It is. It's a flagrant. <laughs> so call it accordingly. Yeah. I mean, I just really... The fr- the, the frustrating thing beyond that is you go back to the, to the De'Aaron play, the three where he got hit on the arm. Oh, yeah. It... You're if he was following through and it was hand-in-hand contact on the follow-through and that's a no-call, like, okay. Yeah. But when the shot comes up that short, how does 
I don't understand as an official how something doesn't go off in your brain and go, oh man, okay, there was contact there and that shot was way short. That was obviously a foul. But the problem is, is okay, maybe the ref didn't see it. Just genuinely didn't see it. And that's mm-hmm. fine. The problem is, and the problem I have, and I think the problem you have, and I think the problem that, that Mike Brown has, is if you reverse the roles there, because I think, it, I'm pretty sure it was Dame that, that hit him. If you reverse those roles, and it's De'Aaron closing out on Every Damian Lillard. single time. That is a whistle, and they're not even thinking twice about it, Every whether they saw it or time. not. Yep. And that's that's the 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 frustration. Well, that, and I assume the official doesn't know that De'Aaron Fox is shooting thirty nine percent from three. Like, it, that shouldn't that that no, like, that I, shouldn't matter though. That could be you. me. That could be me shooting that three. And if I get hacked on the arm, it is a foul. Yep. Call it. Yep. So I, I'm I. I I'm typically on the side of less fouls are better than more or fewer fouls is better than more. But I mean that mostly in the like touch foul variety, the mm. hand incidental contact on the hip while Damian Lillard shooting a three pointer, for example. Yeah. Like, man, not every, not everything has to be a whistle. And if you don't, if you've got a question, just uh, let them play. Yeah. I would so much rather that than see a 40 to 10 free throw discrepancy. Or what was it that, that are, that, the Raptors coach was complaining about. Oh, it was bad. It was 23 to two or whatever, 22 to two in the in final the, quarter. Yeah. In the final quarter, it was something, it was something egregious like that. You know what it was? It's a complete crap. I, exactly I agree. what it was. I totally agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was a complete yeah. crap. Fewer, fewer fouls always. Now, Kyle in the NFL, I, I do think that replay and everything else has played a huge role in specifically how the goal line is called. Cause I just remember like either you got in or you didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's like every single one is like a Zapruder film, and we're like watching, like, <laughs> except for it's not grainy. We would we would know exactly yeah. who spit on who. Like, like the way that it's, like, we're watching Seinfeld every angle. It's like, nice, dude. like there are, you, you can see, like, a blade of grass touches his knee as a ball is, like, a quarter of an yeah. inch away from the goal line. Nope, that's not, it's not a touchdown. And it's so crazy that in the NFL, they still spot the ball the way they do with refs <laughs> yeah. just kind of like, nah, it's about here. <laughs> Like in yeah. tennis, in tennis, we've got it down to like where the hair of a hair on the tennis ball or a fuzz from the tennis ball is on the line, so it's in. And in the NFL, they're just like, ah. What's even worse, Kyle, is the guy is running in from the side, like, yeah, and he's jumping over players and he's like <laughs> ducking and he's like, by the time he gets there, he takes the ball and he definitively puts it down. You're like. That's crazy, bro. My, I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you know exactly where you are on the field at this point, or but how do you know yeah. where that ball is, or where? This is my favorite one when they set it down and then they kind of look and then move it back half an inch. Like, how do you know? How do you have any idea? That's a you're guessing. Measure twice, cut once. I like, just, I, I don't get. I, like, man, I don't know. I don't either. The don't. NFL. My problem is the NBA. It's so hard. It's it's so, because there's so much flow to the game, right? Yes. And so even if you were to say, hey, we're going to challenge, we're going to be able to review everything. Okay, De'Aaron thought he got hit on the arm. There's no way to like, to like, there's no stoppage in play where you can go look at that. There will be a stoppage eventually, but you can't then go look and go, okay, hang on, give him free throws. We got to reset. That's just, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, there's stoppages after every play. It's so easy to have a person watching on TV. It can be some guy named Dale drinking a Budweiser with a replay where he goes, yeah, he's in, or nah, it's not a catch, and just call down to the refs and be like, hey, you got it wrong. 
Yeah. While the teams are hot, you, you don't even have to stop anything. And it would be so, so easy with a very minor investment in terms of what the NFL is doing. And I think it would make the product so much better. I don't know how they don't have some sort of tracker in the ball to know exactly where it goes, where it is. Again, it, that that to me is, that's expensive. I, don't, to, I mean, expensive, quote unquote, that's going to cost the league some amount of money. And then you have to equip the stadiums, which I'm with you, dude. Just do that and make that investment. You're going to make tens of billions of dollars this year. You can't put and an air year, tag on that thing year. so we know exactly where it is. Just air tag it. The, uh, the, new, the new eyeball. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I, I'm I'm with you, man. It's just if, in terms of in the scope of what the NFL makes, it would be such a minor investment to make the product 50 times better by eliminating some of the trash calls, by eliminating bad spots, yeah. by eliminating the waiting two and a half minutes while they sit there and look and go, eh, nah, 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 was he in? Was he not? Like, nah, man, get me, get me the chip in the ball. Where did it, where did, how far did the ball go? Did it get over the line? Yes. Cool. VAR technology. We're in there. Yes. You don't have to sit there and take two minutes to guess. And by the way, the NFL also used to have like a 90 second timer on reviews. Not anymore. They need to re-implement that because yeah. it's clear and conclusive. If it's not, Done in 90 seconds. It is neither clear nor conclusive. You're done. You know what, Kyle? In our next segment, we should talk about Major League Baseball. <laughs> the, uh, Robot umps! The, umpire, the umpiring in Major League Baseball. Uh, now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NFL when we come back. Was this the best possible weekend for the 49ers? And we'll look just a quick look ahead to some of the divisional matchups. We'll dig in more later in the week. But let's look at uh, how the dust is settled. On Wildcard Weekend, uh, we've also got more Kings coming up right here on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 